last week, we left off with CJ laying out the beginning of a theological response to the concept of a New Year's resolution. We talked about some of the origins of it. Is uh, uh, a New Year's resolution pagan or not? Go back last week's episode, check that out, and what a Christian should and shouldn't be looking for in a New Year's resolution. However, this week, we're going to jump in. But before we do, we'll introduce everyone. CJ, how are you? I'm good. Proud to proud, say proud, but glad to be back here and join you guys for another you fantastic can, week. You can be proud. That's okay. As long as it's a <laughs> is a godly pride and not not a lifting up of oneself, but you're happy and you're pleased to be here. Yes, I am happy and pleased to be here. In the chair of theology, I see. We are pleased to have you. Oh. <laughs> so you heard one voice, but we'll get to it in just a moment. We got Miss Nikki to my left in the chair of culture. I'm sitting in chair of philosophy, CJ in the chair of theology. How's it going, Miss Nikki? It's going very well. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to have you there. Good to be here. Reprising your role in the often ungraced chair of culture by you. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you there. And you've heard his voice. It is the Steve yes. Johnson. Oh, put Wait, he's got to put it down. They can't. <laughs> Stepping <laughs> out the box. Audio can't see you doing the robot. Stepping out. No, that's my But box. YouTube can yeah. see it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's my the box. robot box. And, and, and then I do like this. That's stepping outside it. Politically incorrect. Always politically incorrect. With the dance moves. And then we got uh, to his left, we got Mr. Charlie. How's it going? <laughs> I, I'm, I am a, I'm an accused liar and, and a, a misleader of people. What? Oh, yeah. What did you do what, this time? Man, that's my whole life has been built on a lie. Yeah, we, <laughs> some of these recent podcast episodes, people have really uh, oh, taken yeah, a little the, issue with what I've said. Liar. It's like the comment mm, section. It's lit down there. Get down there and pour some more light gasoline. Light it up. Yeah. I need to go read these comments so some you of them are nasty. reading <laughs> they're nasty okay <laughs> some of them are really good so thank you for leaving good comments thank you for leaving bad comments uh you know all those bad comments if it's on a short and it's rolling over and over again and you're watching it every time while you're commenting thank you you are feeding the algorithm we are very pleased to see that and uh leave the comment uh with that said moving on to cj <laughs> you kind of wrapped up i just want to get into it here you kind of wrapped up last week with a really good summation of what a re- well you were starting to lay out what a resolution versus a a uh, goal would mm-hmm. be yep. and you start you laid out in proverbs the word says people without a vision perish right so let's kind of start from there and kind of move in from a theological standpoint from a biblical standpoint yep so uh i think it, it really all boils down to we have to start with some of these definitions of the words right uh so let's talk about vision right the bible says in proverbs where there is no vision the people perish. And so when we look up the word vision and we and we define that word, that is a, a sight. It's a dream. Okay. Now here's the interesting part. When you look at the word perish, that can mean a couple of things, right? That can mean run wild. It can mean undisciplined. It can mean to die. It can mean to lose. And so I think when you look at the verse where there's no foresight, where, where there's no dream of of what can be, uh, what what tends to happen in our life? We tend to run into chaos, right? We tend to run wild. We're undisciplined. We 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 our passions die within us because we burn out at some point, right? We lose things that maybe we should have won because there wasn't a focus, there wasn't a diligence. Proverbs is is littered with verses on the importance of diligence. And so I think we have to look at this when we look at goals and resolutions, 
the first thing it starts with is this vision, a sight. We have to look beyond. We have to look out there. And we need to ask if you're believer or unbeliever, right? You're you're trying to figure out where am I going to go? What am I going to be? We, we ask ourselves this question, especially of young people. What do you want to be when you grow up? Mm. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What are we really asking? We're saying, what is your vision? Yep for the future totally agree and if they have none what do they what do they end up doing they go searching right and then we, when we talk about the pagan uh uh rituals that they were doing for the new year's right you talked about the two-faced mm-hmm. okay you talked about how in brazil they're they're in the waves they're looking for some higher power right the two-faced god january is what you're referring to there he's yeah. looking into the future and into yep. the past Yep. So they're looking at all these things and why is it? Because what they what we, we what we all crave for and what I believe personally God has put into each of us a desire to have purpose because he created us on purpose for a purpose, right? And so we all whether you believe the same as I do or not, we all have this desire to matter to be of value. And so we're asking young people, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Where are you going to be five years from now, etc. Without that, what happens? We search, we, we end up doing, uh, you know, we try going on a soul discovery. We end up in chaos. We run wild. We're undisciplined. We lose things that we should have won. We die to things that we should have held on to, right? So, that is the start of how I look at this when it comes to goals and resolutions, because first starts with the vision. You have to have an idea of where you want to go, whether it's in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your business, etc. You have to have this vision and then you have to set a goal on how you're going to get there. But then you have to have a resolution. So there's, there's a difference in my belief on uh, how you define goals and resolutions, but it starts with vision. Okay. So I want to open that up to everyone. And, and, and then I kind of will dig deeper into mm-hmm. resolutions versus goals and what the Bible says, but I want to get people's thoughts on that. I know you've got some, Mr. Charles. Well, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. I think you know, I, I was while he was talking, I was kind of looking up that word "perish" there, for uh, just a, a clarification on my part, and it's the the Hebrew word "para," uh, by implication to expose, to dismiss, uh, figuratively absolve. Really interesting words there, and I think that there's a lot of times uh, what he's saying is spot on right. Um, I've I've gotten to the point where I've not ask young people, what are you planning on doing? I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, what do you think God wants you to do? It's, it's trying to turn, it's trying to change the focus of the question away from ourselves to, to the one that's giving us the vision to begin with, or should be. Um, because I think many times what happens is young people, and I, I don't, I don't cast any blame on this, this is an issue of teaching 
This is an issue of effective habit forming. And that is this. We should not be, if we're truly Christian, if we're truly Christ followers, if he's truly the one that gives us spiritual gifts, he's going to put us in the place to utilize those the best. And if we're trying to dream up our own way of fulfilling what God has for us in our life, we're going to fall short, number one. That's that's the bottom line. But number two, we miss the true greatness that God has for us. And I don't mean greatness in terms of position. I'm, uh, I should say fulfillment. That That's a better word. So I think as I, I listen to some of those things, I, I think he's spot on right on, on what he's brought up. And I think we really do need to look at, okay, so God, what do you have? When we come to church, pastor, what do you have? Where are we marching? And I think we start with God first as opposed to what we think. And so I, I actually want to kind of dig in a little bit deeper there. Someone might beat me to it, but I actually want to go around the room first on what the difference is between what God has laid out in your vocation versus your worldly wealth versus your your eternal wealth. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to lay that out in a moment, but I want Miss Nikki to go ahead and go first. And Mr. Steve, if he has anything. Well... Do you want me to address what your question here or address what I was going to address what you were going to address? Well, I was thinking when he was speaking that, you know, culture, sometimes we just think of culture as society, but, you know, we have family cultures. And I know that when Charlie and I got married, his family had a way of doing things and my family had a way of doing things. And two people come together and then they have to either accept one way or the other or develop their own culture. So when you're laying out a vision i think it's really good for parents to stop and think if you're a christian parent stop and think you know what maybe i should sit down with my children and teach them to think about vision and that god has a purpose and a plan yeah. for them yeah and you know we're starting a new year what what good happened last year and what do you think god wants you to uh work toward this year so when you develop your family culture then that will bleed over into the community and the community can bleed over into the city and so on it spreads now if you want to talk about church culture church culture can impact families and communities differently and i think that's also a good place to start in the leadership is to train your people to have a vision not just a church vision but individual visions for their work and for their walk in the lord and their personal relationship I don't think we should ever be content where we are with Christ. I think we always should be examining where am I and where do I need to grow? Indeed. So Steve, in short, what's your reaction to the way that, and I think CJ did a good job laying it out. When you're, when you're focused on a goal, a life, you know, on life goals, there there's opportunity, you know, it's like the, the, the old, um, adage or the, the the old example how many red cars did you see driving on the way to the studio today it, most people aren't going to have an answer for that mm -hmm. but if i told you i was going to pay you five dollars for every red car that you mm -hmm. saw on the way home <laughs> doesn't matter if it's true or not you're going <laughs> you're going to see red cars man with are none 35 exactly on the way home <laughs> so you're you're going to 
be looking for that. And so the, there is something to the, the manifest that people people say, oh, I want to manifest something. No, you're not manifesting. You're now looking out. What does having a vision and a goal do for you? Well, for me personally, um, having a manifestation or a goal helps me to work towards to achieve that goal. In essence, to work harder to get there because I've made that goal to get there. I want to strive harder to make it happen versus just saying, say, eh, you know, I'd, I'd like to be able to do this, which is different than having a goal set like like me as a guy that hunts. OK. Uh, I enjoy hunting a lot. And if I have a goal set to where I would like to achieve something in my hunting career where like maybe I'd like to uh, shoot a, a, a deer that scores in a, a record book. Now, I'm going to do something to try to manifest that to happen. I'm going to go and particularly hunt in areas that's going to do that. I'm going to work harder to do this to make it happen. Whereas if I'm just like, oh, well, you know, it'd be nice if I could do that. I'm not too concerned about it near mm -hmm. as much. So I'm not going to work harder to make that occur. So therefore, my on what I'm trying to achieve doesn't have a higher plane of trying to get there. I don't work as hard. I don't work to try to achieve those goals. And it's like when we were looking at the New Year's resolutions, and these are uh, posted at the bottom of our show map. Charlie had posted some, and I was looking at them uh, to look up on, um, you know, to get bring myself up to speed on this for this week. And I was looking at what people were wanting to do on their religious goals. Yeah. Compared to, say, money, their health, and reading, reading a book. Mm-hmm. Their religious goals were like close down at the bottom. Very few people think about that. And and, and actually that, that segues well into, into what I was alluding to a moment ago. Mm -hmm. yep, and yep. and I, I think this is where CJ is wants to go. And so I'll I'll just kind of tee this up and then I'll let you let you fly. But I think it's really important to have goals. It's important to have aspirations. But one of the things that I think is so backwards, it, it, and, and Christians get this wrong too, is we focus on what am I going to do on this earth for money, for fam, for building up, like making it more comfortable for my family? And that's not, that's not, not, it's not a bad thing, but we focus you have on, to, you have to take care of your family. That's a you, biblical, you, you have to take true. care of your family. Yep. But yep. after a certain yep. point, after a certain mm -hmm. point, there's a materialism thing. Mm -hmm. And so yep. we're so focused on the keeping up with the Joneses or the Johnsons or whoever. And we're so focused on that, that we forget that there's something outside of this world. And that that's where our aspirations and our goals should be. Mm. They should be focused on the eternal, on, on the things that are transcendent. And that's where true joy comes from. It's not from the nicer car 
or the bigger boathouse at a lake or a boathouse at all. Uh, that sort of thing is is nice. And I'm not there's nothing wrong with having a bigger car or a bigger, bigger place to go on vacation. But if it comes at the if that's your goal, if your goal is more money for money's sake, and not for the survival of, mm -hmm. and fitness of your family. But instead, it. it's it's for your if, if your goal is for your self actualization, then it's empty. Yeah. And it's gonna be fruitless. But, I don't mean to interrupt you, John Arthur, but what I think a lot of people are missing out on is, is if they could take that part of learning more about their religious part of their of their uh, existence and their learning and put it at the top, all of these other goals and all of these other things will fall into line. And, and and that's what a lot of people don't understand. And I think that's where CJ wants to go. Yeah, I think when you when you study this out, and there's so much here that we've talked about that could be expanded on. Expanded on. Um, when you really dive into this, the first thing to remember is one: we are all searching for something, all of us, and ultimately, and and I bet if we went, and we we looked at the polls and did the research, we would find this first and foremost, people are looking for happiness. That could also though be refined into saying contentment, joy, and self-fulfillment. Now we say self-fulfillment, but again, it all comes back to one thing. I want to know that my life here on this earth is for a reason, mm -hmm. that it matters, right? And so I think as uh, if if you're someone who's saying I'm a follower of Christ, well, I think the Bible gives us this outline about vision, goals, and resolutions. I don't think I mean I've I've done the study and the research, and and I don't find anywhere in Scripture where it's like black and white. But let me give you the principle because the principle exists, right? So here here's the principle, or here's the example of the principle in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the world. Now think about this for a minute. God's vision was a world where he created man in his image for the purpose of personal abiding relationship with him. He could have done all of that in one day, but he didn't. What did he do? He had goals. Goal one. Well, on day one, I'm going to do this. Day two, I'm going to do this. Day three, I'm going to do this. Day four, I'm going to do this. Day five, I'm going to do this. Day six, I'm going to do this. Day seven, I'm going to rest. So the principle is God had a vision of this creation walking with, with us as humans in perfection. Each day he has a goal of what he's going to accomplish. He goes out and he does that. Man, Adam and Eve, throw a wrinkle into this through their sin. Well, now God has a choice to make. This was my creation. I created this for me, and yet they have wrinkled this. Now he has a choice of what am I going to do? Am I going to be resolved in my vision to get this done? Or am I going to destroy Adam and Eve, only two people, and restart? Well, what did he choose to do? He said, you know what? We're going to continue on, and I'm going to help them have this relationship with me through the sacrificial lamb that they've had in the Old Testament. 
But then he said, wait a second, you know what? I'm going to send Jesus. Jesus is going to pay the price so that they can have this relationship with me. And by the way, I am going to get back to my original vision of a perfect creation and a perfect person that walks with me. Because when I return and have the final victory, all of humankind that has been redeemed will now be perfect in that abiding relationship with him on a restored and a renewed earth. That's the principle I see in scripture. And I think we see that throughout various parts, whether it's Noah and the ark, right? I mean, it took Noah 150 years. He had a vision. What was the vision? The vision was this big boat. It took him 120, 120. Thank you. It took him all that time to build. He couldn't do it all at once. And then he had all these people after him saying, you're stupid. You're crazy. Like you think water is going to fall from the sky. You're nuts. And he had to endure this for for 120 years. Some of us can't even endure it for 120 minutes, 120 seconds when people criticize us. And so he stayed resolved to accomplish the vision that God had put before him. And so I think as people who choose to say, hey, uh, I'm going to follow the Lord and I, I understand this verse of where there is no vision, the people perish. I think we have to have this understanding of, okay, what is the vision? And that's where we go to the Lord and say, Lord, open my eyes, help me to see the vision, right? Then we set a goal. And yes, it is probably going to be a goal that we set for ourselves first. Bible says in Proverbs, the preparations of the heart and man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord, right? It says um, in verse uh, nine, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. When we set that goal, it's going to come from what we know both in scripture and what we know in life. And we're probably going to try and merge these two together, but it may not be exactly how God wants it to be. So what do we need to do now? Well, now we need to go to God and we have to be like Paul. Paul said in first Corinthians, I die daily. He says in Galatians, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but it is Christ in me and the life that I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who gave himself for me. So we want to, we want to live a life according to what God wants. We have this vision of where we think we should go. We set these goals in place of how we think we should get there. But then every single day we have to go to the Lord and we have to say, Lord, here's my vision. Here's my sight. Here's my dream. Here are my passions. Now, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Because you mentioned it last week. We can't get so far stuck in the future that we abandon what God is actually trying to do today because today is all he has given us. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost is, and your dad and I were talking about this morning about by the yep. way, if nobody knows their mom and dad <laughs> <laughs> is people get lost in the moment, you know, circumstances arise and they get lost in the moment for the, the, the end result. And, um, I guess the wording I really want to say is they don't see the bigger picture, mm-hmm. the, the inconveniences of life, the hardships, the things that are thrown your way are all to fulfill the vision that God has for you. Um, being a Christian, it's not just all rosy and, and without heartbreak and heartache and financial hardships and, um, bad things, bad things happen to good people and they're for a reason. 
and there's the purpose and there's the vision and there's there's meaning behind it and you can't let the circumstances um detour you from where you're going and you have to remember what paul says in romans we are transformed we, we should be looking for god to renew and transform us so the importance of staying in that alignment with the Lord each and every day is because we do have a vision that we set out for ourselves. We do have the goals that we set for ourselves. But when we give it to the Lord and we say, okay, Lord, now how do I go about this today? Bring into my path the things you want me to, to, to experience. Help me to go down the road you want me to go down. And that that right there, I think, is the, is the key difference that, you know, and, and I'll, I'll speak experientially from my own very short life. I'm only 29 years on this earth. And so it's a very short time. I understand that, but I've had a lot happen to me and, you know, uh, folks in here know I've been everything from, I've been in the C club. I've been homeless. I have worked for, I've worked literally jackhammer in sewage, breaking up, uh, uh, you know, drain fields for that sort of thing. I've done that. And I've been in corporate America and I, I've been all over the place. One of the things that I've noticed in my life is that as I submit to God, God brings things. It may not be what I want, mm -hmm. but it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's be there's beauty. And when I say beauty, I mean, people, I, I have chances to, to impart into people's lives something that is special. Like when, when, when I had a fire that took everything that my, I owned, I had a backpack with a laptop and some clothes in it. That's all I had to my name after a fire took everything, took my home and my business. I had a lady walk up to me and go, Oh, I'm so sorry for your losses. And that, you know what? I was so comfortable. I felt so good. I was like, Lord's got this. I, I literally looked up and said, God, I guess it's going to be a good one, isn't it? You're, you're going to do something beautiful. This lady comes up to me and says, it's so horrible. You lost everything. I'm so sorry. I said, it's just possessions. God's in control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is someone that I didn't know, but my parents had tried to share the gospel with years before. And she literally called up two days later, three days later and said, what's wrong with your son? Is he like a sociopath? Is he like wrong in the head <laughs> or like, what's going on? What's wrong with your, with your son? Well, what do you mean? She goes, she explains and says, that was such an odd response. And he goes, do you really want an answer? And you know, he, he, he got to reshare the gospel with someone who had refused it because it, and it wasn't even me sharing the gospel, but it, it's when you're, you're walking through those, the goals that you had, mm -hmm. which by the way, all my goals were destroyed. I had my own business. I was making 80 bucks an hour, lost all of that, went back to making 10 bucks an hour. Cause I had to start over in a different industry because I had a cottage industry thing going. Your goals will change with God's will. The question is, is are you still resolved and steadfast as you're working with God and God's going to do beautiful things. Yep. And that, that, that's not a Ferrari and a Lamborghini necessarily. That is you getting to have Im impactful moments in other people's lives that make an eternal difference. Hopefully your kids, hopefully your family. I think there's, if you allow God to do what he wants to do, God only does God-sized things. Amen. Many times we walk around and, and well, God, why don't, why won't you do this? Why won't you do that? And the thing is, he's doing great things and we aren't looking in the right places. We're not looking at the right things. And so we start to base, uh, we start to adjust based on our own understanding and judgment. And that's where you miss it. If you allow God to do great things, people will naturally move toward him. 
they are compelled because they can only be explained by God. So, and, and I, I, I kind of want to start to slide down a little bit and I want to bounce back and forth a little mm -hmm. bit, but I want to slide a little bit to the chair philosophy. So if, and, and I want to ask this question, I want to kind of put it out there for everyone. If our understanding theologically is that we're here for a purpose, that there's a reason, by the way, why you're not just raptured up when you, when you say, Lord, come into my heart, change me, make me anew, and you don't just go poof and you're in heaven. Right. There's a reason why you are still here, and that is for the service of the Lord, the edifying of the saints, and also evangelism. Lost. Yeah. Lost. It's to be an example. It's to be God's, not only his emissary, but it's it's part of the family of God, wrapping your hands and your arms around people who are lost. And so if if that is our objective here on this earth, what should our career goals be? Masses to the chair of economics. What culturally should we be looking at when we're trying to impact the culture? What should our political goals be? If the end result is the kingdom of heaven, I'm going to start on the economics chair. So, what should our economic slash uh, job goals? So, for me, it would be number one, take care of your family. Number two, what can I use the financial resources for? in terms of God's kingdom. What can I do for kingdom work? I'll give you an example. I'm just, literally, this has hit me this week. I should say the last two weeks, the Lord's really started to speak to me about this thing. Everybody remembers the Lahaina fire, right? So when you take that fire, has anybody talked about that in the last three months? It's been off the grid. Not anywhere. It's been six months, and I would challenge anybody right now, go ahead and do this. Do this on, on Google Earth, okay? Do it. Go and search for um, video of Lahaina. You're going to find something very astounding. Here's what it is. It looks exactly like when the fire was done burning. Hasn't changed. Has not changed. Now, wait a minute. That's insane. Something's wrong. You don't, you don't just leave that like that. There should be rebuilding. There should be people getting back in there and starting to put their homes. There ain't none of it. Now, here's where this really hit me. Charlie, do we have any churches there in Lahaina? Mm. I found one. I've not looked real hard, but I did find one. How are their people doing? So now the Lord's starting to hit me. Okay, Charlie, should we be giving? Is this something to bring up to the church? Should we make a, be making a phone call to the pastor and saying, hey, pastor, what is it that you people need there? Because the thing is, if if any of us, if any of us, went through what you went through. Everything's gone. What next? Those people have nothing. Oh, and don't know if you realize it, the average cost of a home there is over $800,000. Mm -hmm. Easily. 
If you've got insurance companies that are not willing to pay and the federal government, this is no joke, this is a bill that went through the US federal government. Anybody wanna guess how much they gave to each family? $200 or something. 700, 700. Guys, do you realize that in one night you could eat that up in a hotel in Hawaii? Oh, Easily. and I'm not kidding. Easily. Easily. So what are they doing? Where are they living? You, sure, you could go ahead and try to live on the beach until they kick you off. This is not good. So let me bring this full circle back to the question of economics. What am I looking to do? What is my goal? Lord, where would you have me to use my financial resources? Maybe it's somebody right within your church that you, maybe you're the only one that understands we got an issue here. Don't know. You might want to check with your pastor. But my issue is, it's not just for the issue of saving up. Lord, I've got I've got resources. Is there something else that I should be doing with my finances? So if I if I might. So take what you just said, what is you said what is my goal? Right? And and it's a great question. But remember what we talked about where there is no vision, the people perish, right? When we many times we think about goals and resolutions, we're thinking about a time-defined aspect of what we're trying to accomplish, right? This year, I'm going to do X. But what is vision? Vision takes us beyond the time and takes us into an experience, right? An adventure, okay? And so I say that to say, I think many times we struggle with, you know, what is the goal here? But it's because there's no vision. Yep. And so... We get to, we think about the goal, but because we've had no vision about how to manage our finances and how to take care of our family, mm. what dies? Our ability to help others as a part of the church. Yes, and so that so to that point, if I may, there's two things that come to my mind when I think of money. I think of what can I do for my family, and how can I be prepared to give. It's like what is my giving ability in in relation to. Uh, my finances, if I, if I can make enough money so that my family is taken care of their, their needs are met. I'm a good provider. After that, what can I do for God's work? And that God's work is not a, a, a large building. Okay. At a church, God's work is not better media production. Ow, ow. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, you know, I help with my church with that. Ow. God's work is reaching the lost and changing. And so I kind of want to move over and, and I asked the question of culture and then I want to get Steve's thoughts. But earlier we were saying, how should our philosophy based on our theology of God has put us on this earth for a certain amount of time, how should that affect the culture of the church and how should an individual be perceived by the culture if they're acting in accordance with a good philosophy informed by good theology of we're here for a limited amount of time and it's not to amass wealth we're here to be a part of the the the, the body of christ well you'll you will impact if you actually have a personal uh relationship with christ and you take on the mindset that god has a purpose for me 
and you seek his face for the vision wherever you go in your life, whether that's to work, whether that's to your church, whether that's to your community, whether that's to friends, that will impact them in one way or another. But it will impact them for the glory of, the, of, of God. I mean, it, it's just a it's a living, breathing testimony that says I live with a purpose and my purpose is to serve the living God. Not necessarily in words, but actions speak louder than words do. Would you say that when you have that mindset, would you say that you would be you're able to identify and realize and recognize and enjoy and define what happens or what might be happening as good to you from yeah. the Lord? Yes, because when you when you really understand that God is in control of your life and you're at work and things aren't going well. And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to lose my job or not lose my job, but I've done everything I know the Lord wants me to do. Then it's like, I just have to let it go because I've already done everything God wants me to do. I've done my job to the best of my ability. I really worked hard. I don't have anything between me and God that's wrong because that that's where the first thing it would be. If I don't keep the job, I get laid off. Then I have to just say, well, then, then God has a different plan. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're trying to hang on to your job and it's beyond your control, then you better make sure that you and the Lord have been good. Because if you're a Christian and you're at work and you're just lazy, there's something wrong between you and God. Because God does not uh, design his vision with lazy people. I mean, that's just not part of his will. It's not part of his word. That's not part of who God is. So there's a problem there. But there's a difference when you are right with God, really seeking his face, really trying to do everything you know, and something bad happens, then you just have to realize, okay, I thought I was going in this direction, but God put a roadblock there. Now we're going someplace else. I don't know where that is, but God's in control. Story of my life. If I could real, yeah. oh, go ahead, Steve. No, go, no. Well, just real quick, the one thing that came to my mind just a little bit ago is the four key questions that everybody asks. These are very important questions in almost every person that you talk to will ask these questions. Number one, where did I come from? Number two, where am I going? Number three, what is the meaning and purpose of life? Number four, how do I reconcile good and evil, right and wrong? And when you think about these things, they inform what you're really thinking. They, they show what your worldview really is. And I would challenge you that are listening and watching, I would challenge you to think about those four questions and determine which worldview really lines up with what answers really connect. That's, I think that's really important. I was just thinking of that. Vision, and one leads to loss. Um, when you talk about I, the, I, when you talk I, about the, yeah, the connection, right? I, I think where you're going there, I I could I could hook into that, absolutely. But when you talk about God, and I was I was noting this earlier when you were talking about God's goal, you know, sometimes we think of a goal as I might get there, I might not. 
Yeah. That's not the way God operates. And, okay. Yeah. And, and, and I, I want you to lay gonna... that out. <laughs> I, I wanted to say something. I wasn't God, God, God ordained everything from the yeah. beginning, but I understood what, what CJ yeah, was doing. Absolutely. CJ was saying, yeah. God's laying out a model for us to follow. Right. Yeah. Correct. And, and so he could have done it all at one time. Correct. If, if he had yeah. chosen to, he could have taken a long time. It's just, he, there was his, it was I was thinking the word plan. plan. Yeah. yeah there was a plan. plan. Yeah. God had planned. He foreknew Adam and Eve sin. It, it wasn't an unforeseen wrinkle, Correct. but yeah. Correct. CJ was laying out in yes. human terms yes. in a human timeline, how it all played out. And I, so Steve, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you no, there, you but didn't. I no, thought it was no, important for us to realize those four key questions are very important. And I think everybody should ask those but not just ask those, answer them. So I want to wrap back around to CJ, but before I do, I want to go ahead and get Mr. Steve and, and the chair of politics there. So one of the things that I think that we've really, we've seen languish is the vision in America. And th there is a vision that our founding fathers had Amen. of a godly nation, of a nation that was following Christ. It was a nation of liberty. And uh, yes, it was founded in that way, but I won't argue with you in the comment section uh, too much. Uh, you guys drive me nuts. But uh, in truth, you you look at what they said at the Continental Congress and, and at the Constitutional Conventions, they were very, very much focused on how do we build a godly nation and how do we build a nation that is focused on the freedom of man. So what we've seen in America is apparent, very apparent, the lack of vision from the church. And so I don't want to focus on the politics of this, per se, the effects of the politics, but I want to focus on when you are building a, 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 a vision as a, as a church or as a group of people who are following the Lord, it does affect every sphere of your life mm. unless you're not really sold out. And why do you think that America has really failed to live up to that vision that the founding fathers had? Well, I think one of the things that 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 people have a lot of people fail to understand is is that our founding fathers, like we've talked about, is they set this up as a Christian nation. They were that first and then politicians second. None of them truly wanted to be politicians. Term limits came later, as we saw with George Washington. With the abuse of the power. People said exactly. George Washington was afraid of, of, of the abuse. abuse of power. And those that came after him followed in his footsteps by going along with the way he set his standard for term all of them there was until, not a law all of them until fdr and fdr was the reason we had to do it right. because it that was, filthy democrat wanted to keep a, you king, know a king and yeah and you just wanted Sorry. to be like a king or just, something like you know <laughs> so but slip that in there <laughs> i digress <laughs> so but they were all politicians second and us as christians need to kind of see it the same way we need to look at things or what's going on in this country and see things being run in a Christian manner. You know, we can see how our country and our culture has digressed by taking away a lot of the Christian things that go on. 
you know, I, I've seen in the comments, well, you know, uh, shouldn't have been in here and don't need to do that. They're, they're, you know, what about worshiping gods they don't believe in, blah, 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 and this, that, and whatever. But that's not the point. The thing is, is if it's not somebody you believe in, you don't have to pray. Yeah. It's plain and simple. But it was but, instituted because the goal, the original goal, was a godly nation. Correct. They're taking Ten Commandments out of government buildings. Yeah. They're, you know, up until the time I was in high school, which was into the late 70s, we still had prayer. We still did, you know, Pledge of Allegiance. In high school, we were still doing that. And there were no problems that were going on in our high school. Granted, you still had the little conflicts between guys, a little fight here, a little fight there, but we never had the abuse that goes on in the schools today. Ten kids, kids beating jumping. up teachers and, you know, getting into fights and everybody wanting to video it and post it all over the internet and, and 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 thugs running around and gangs and and people selling drugs in the hallways and all the drug abuse that goes on in school we mm -hmm. didn't have that in high school i, th I think to clarify you know, this because i can just see the people going crazy right now over what you just said uh but to clarify <laughs> <that's okay. laughs> but to clarify this and john arthur you can help me if i'm i'm mistaken is the founding fathers wanted a godly nation but really they wanted the morality that the Bible offered man okay. to make a prosperous. They wanted the principles. They wanted those principles because they didn't create laws that you had to be a Christian, that you had to go to church. But the laws were based on individual freedoms and individual rights. And it's the morality, and the morality. that follows and they, through and they, there. That's exactly right. And they said, this is for a moral people. And exactly. if we don't have the moral people, then what we've laid down is not going to help you. And what they exactly. said, and what they said was, is it, you could have, you could have someone who's elected of a different religion. We're not prohibiting those religions, but the but, gravest concern was that you were going to lose the integrity of the nation if they were not moral people in the Judeo-Christian sense. Correct. And they said, look. A Jew or a Mohammedan can absolutely be elected. It's not when you say it's a Christian nation. That's not saying it's an intolerant nation. That's saying it's a nation that's founded on Christian principles, and we tolerate other people because our long-term hope is that we see them in heaven. Where I think America has really gone wrong is the American Church, and, yeah. and, the, and the reason why she's gone wrong is she is allowed. She's taken up the principles of liberality mm. without Christ as the vision. Mm. And so you, you, you look back at John Locke and, and Edmund Burke, you know, the, the John Locke was really one of the main informants. He was uh, behind Blackstone and the Bible were the, those were the influences on the continental Congress. He was the third most influential, uh, uh, cited writer, influentially cited writer or, or source during the 15,000 documents that were written back and forth during the, the forming of our, of our constitution. Locke was focused on God as the reason for the value of man and the higher, the higher reason, the higher goals were to aspire and attain godliness. Mm. Edmund Burke focused more on man 
as a society, your blood, your soil, and your flag were what gave you value. And you see his influence in the French Revolution and in the ensuing communism in fascism and uh, totalitarianism, socialism, National Socialist Party of Germany. You see them coming out of that. So where America has lost her, her, her way, and I think the most critical aspect is that the church didn't have a goal for a godly and righteous school system. And we allowed, we elected people who put folks on the judiciary that banned prayer from school. Prayer was never compulsory for people. It wasn't no. like a country in the Middle East where they cut your head off if you don't pray to Allah. However, it was something that was saying, this is what this nation is about. It is a nation about God. It's about godly principles. It's about godly morality. And American, the American church lost that. We have lost that narrative. And unfortunately, we see what happens without that vision. So... I'd like to just say one thing, and the Come one down. thing is, is that when the Christians have seen that happening in government, they've removed themselves from politics. politics. Mm -hmm. Christians cannot remove themselves from politics. They have to stay involved in politics. If they don't, Christianity falls or the morality of Christianity falls out of politics. Well, because and it's got it, to keep the Christians involved in politics. This world is like a desert island. If if the spiritual is not brought into it, it's not there. And what I mean by that is if you do not bring in godliness into the room that you're standing, it's not there. And, so, and you have to be that emissary of Christ. So for the most part, I agree with, with most everything, but maybe what I'm about to say is going to give you lots of great dialogue in your comment section um that's cool so one absolutely agree the founding fathers most of them especially the signers of the declaration of independence a lot of them were pastors mm -hmm. and so there was this this worldview that they possessed um as they put together these tenets in ideas about a free nation right um in transparency, they also could not foresee Correct. what would come of a nation that would grow and expand. And of course, as you introduce more humanistic type ideals and, and, and philosophies. Um, and so even though they may have this view of we wanted the, the nation to be X, Y, Z, they also could not understand what was to come after them 200 50 years later. I think they did actually, but I, I, but, but I was going to push back. Yeah. I think they, I, I think they very clearly did because you look at some of the Supreme court decisions that were made by George Washington's picks for the U S Supreme court where they, they literally prosecuted someone who was blaspheming in the yeah. town square. And they said, anything that is directly attacking Christianity or the God of the Bible, is a, an attack and assault on the very character of what makes America possible. There were some, in but, but they also said, ben, ben Franklin said, it's only a Republic if you have the temerity to keep it, but keep going. So, so I, I think the, the, it, I'm only saying that from the standpoint of, uh, ultimately it's the tenants that, that we have to look at, right? The tenants are based 
in that scripture of their, their moral viewpoint. And you know, you can confirm that those tenets are pretty much the right tenets because most religions, non-Christian religions have for the, for the most part, something similar to those tenets, right? Love your neighbor, do good unto others, et cetera, et cetera. Don't kill people. Only recently, actually, if you look at the Eastern religions, most of those do not. Well, charity and, and mercy are not part of those. It's only the it's only the Judeo Christian ones that do. Well, and it, I was thinking the Muslims Islam, would not. Islam Islam doesn't because they fear not. Hinduism and Buddhism also do not, only in the form of enlightenment. But keep going. So the, the, <laughs> the point being, you want to keep I, going? The general, you know, the general, let's, let's, the let's, general let's, thought of most people are the are the basic tenets. <laughs> Of, of what we find in the Ten Commandments, for the most part, with the exception being... Naturally, it's naturally assumed. Naturally assumed. Generally, people think they're following them, even if they're not. Most people who well, because they think have the, that they're good people. They right? have the law but, of the Lord written on their heart, right? Well, so, what's really interesting about what CJ's bringing up, though, it really shines a light on where the failure is. And, and it comes back to... When we look at why we are where we are as a country, and this is why I say I mostly agree, because personally, I put where we are, the failure of where we are, on the church. Yep, correct. Square Absolutely them. right. 100%. And it's this reason, because as a Christian, we lost the vision of our personal life. We lost the vision that God had for the church, right? The Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Here's the thing. As Christians, we have outsourced our responsibility for a Christian nation to politicians. And to our pastors. I was going to say our, our youth, pastors first. And to right? our youth pastors. To, to our, I would agree with the politicians bit. And that goes right to the heart of what Steve was sharing a moment ago. We have removed ourselves from politics. Correct. And the Correct. thing is, have we, if we, we as believers or as Christians... If we would quit looking at a political candidate and saying, well, does he know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord, Lord and personal Savior? And using that as our measuring stick, that is the wrong measuring stick. The first thing we should be doing is looking at ourselves and saying, Lord, what is your vision for me? What is your vision for my family? What is the vision for the community that I'm in? What is the vision for the country that I live in? Now, which candidate falls within that vision? And I don't, I think you... Can, you're fine to vote for a candidate that is not a professed Christian because you're looking at principles. He he can hold principles in line without holding the same faith that you have. God's principles will be true. Absolutely. I mean, for all people, regardless of what you believe, there are men and women out there who are married, who are not Christians, who are dedicated one to another and are not going to, uh, you know, go against their vows, their marriage, their marriage vows. But I don't even have a problem with CJ's uh, premise there of somebody asking the question, well, does this person believe in the Lord and so on? You can have that standard. That's sure. fine. Here's the key. Do they if act you, on it? Well, are they here's actually... the next question. If you don't think there is a person that's doing that and nobody's stepping up, mm, hello, does there where walk? are you? Yeah. Does their walk match the talk? Well, I'm saying get involved. Yeah, get and, involved. I'm so tired of Christians saying, whining and saying, oh, the system's rigged. I hate it. This and that. Did you do something even about it. vote the, in the primary? 
The like, church, mm -hmm. the gates of hell, yeah. the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. If the body of believers, if you as an individual are truly committed to God as your Lord and your Savior, and you are walking with him and you are in community of fellowship with the church, here's what's going to happen, right? We're going to pray for our leaders. The Bible says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He turns it whithersoever he will. God is in control. God is not surprised by Joe Biden being a president. Correct. He's not. And he's not hindered and by he's not, him. <laughs> he's not hindered by him. The fact of the matter is if we as a church would understand the power that God has in it has given to the church through the Holy Spirit. If we live right, if we confess, if we if we uh, walk in holiness, if we commit to unity within the church, what we would find is, you know what? We wouldn't have to go pick it at Planned Parenthoods. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have to go protest at some school. We wouldn't have to worry about that because God is going to make sure that his will gets done. And the more that we pray, the more that we commit to following him, the more that we do that together collectively. And, and, and that only comes with action in the church, with yep. discipling and making differences in people's lives yep. and actually investing into people and to actually giving in wholeheartedly to God. And what does that mean? Because you can say that all day and that, that means jack, jack nonsense yeah. to most people. So. What, what does that mean? That means taking in someone who is less fortunate than you. That mm -hmm. means providing food to people who are less fortunate than you. And that also means that you are a, you are someone who goes and you mentor someone who's younger than you. Maybe this person doesn't have a family structure. Maybe you find, you want to, you want to complain about crime in this nation. How many people who are fatherless are you mentoring right now? Mm -hmm. Like if you want to really look at it, that's where the church has failed. Mm -hmm. And that's really where I think we've lost our vision as a church. So I want to kind of tie up this into a bow because we kind of went down a whole new rabbit tra trail <laughs> right there and is a really good one. But I want to tie everything up in a bow today. Just CJ, final thoughts for resolutions because we, we, we kind of went from the micro mm -hmm. last week and now we're kind of talking about the macro about the church. But tying it all together, New Year's resolution versus goals, where should the Christian be? It's, I think Final thoughts. it's a culmination of all of it. I think we have to go to the Lord and, and, and we have to say, Lord, what is my vision? What is your, what is your vision for me? And you may not be able to see everything right now, but, it, but when you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, help me to have a vision. He will start to reveal to you. His will will not be a mystery. He will reveal to you what he wants that vision to be. Now what you do is you say, okay, Lord, this is the vision. How do I get there? Right. And the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so you're going to you're going to go and you're going to find out what is the plan that I need to have to get there. Now you've got to do one more thing. You have to have a resolution. Right. I talked about definition, resolution, a firm decision to do or not do something. You can have a goal all day long. I have a goal to lose X amount of weight. But here's the thing. If I don't change how I eat correct, or my activity, if I don't have a resolution to say, no more donuts, no more this, or do this. Shipley fans, don't worry. We're not going to, we're not boycotting donuts. Then, then I really, nope. I have a goal, but here's the thing that and we've, we've heard this definition before. Many times we have a goal without a plan or a commitment. It's only a dream. Success is intentional, 
even for the believer, success is intentional. And it starts with what is the vision? Then Lord, give me the goal. Give me the plan. Help me understand the steps I need to take. Now help me to have the resolution to be diligent as I determine to walk in that way. Amen. So from the chair philosophy, just putting that, put, putting this up into sort of a philosophical bent on that in James and also I believe in P, uh, first Peter and even Christ references this. Don't go and say, we're going to go do this, that, and the other in this country, and we're going to prosper and we're going to do whatever say, Lord, what is your will? Amen. What is your will? And here's what I think I see your will is I want to be a, a person who provides for my family. I want to be a person who is impactful to my children and to my spouse. I want to be a person who's impacting the culture for Christ. And I want to pursue, these are the gifts that you've given me. I'm using them in the marketplace. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Lord, if, if that's wrong, change, show me. But if we know that God is the one who has the plan, we should be aligning ourselves with, with that plan. Tony Evans said it really well. A great pastor out of Dallas. He said, if you're not familiar with, with him, go look him up. He said, prayer is not you asking or beseeching God for things or for changes in your life. Prayer is you stepping into alignment with God. Amen. An effectual prayer is you stepping into alignment with God saying, you are holy, you are mighty, you are worthy, you are the God of the universe. How do I step into your plan for me? Whether that is uh, hell or high water, whether that is riches or, or poverty, what is it, Lord? Send me, put me in that position and go. If that is your goal, if that is your resolution, that involves, by the way, resolution, you know, you, you said a moment ago, involves repentance. Mm. If, if, if you're saying I have not been doing something or I've been doing something that I should not have been doing, resolution requires repentance from the Christian. You're saying, Lord, you are holy. You are mighty. You deserve, you demand excellence. I am changing this. Mm. I'm going to change my ways because of you. If that's your new year's resolution, if it's a repentance, God bless you. And before you jump there. The one place in the Bible where it talks about uh, resolved or purposed in Psalms, I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Hmm. I would say that if you really want to be impactful, uh, I'm going to break that down a little more is you sit down and you examine yourself in different areas. Like you have a spiritual self, you have a physical, uh, you have emotional, you have, you have relationships and things. And I like to break it down that uh, when I get up in the morning, I need to deal with my spiritual issues first. So I do my devotions and then I need to deal with physical health. So then health. So then I have an exercise plan and I have to take care of me and then I can reach out and help and impact others. And so you ladies that are starting the new year and you all want to diet, I just will let you know that I have done that. I have cast out calories in the name of Jesus. It doesn't work. So just giving you a heads up. <laughs> Was that before or after they were consumed? <laughs> before. <laughs> I cast out these calories in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Mr. Steve, final thoughts. Yes. Uh, two things to kind of look at. And uh, from a Christian standpoint and a political standpoint, um, one, as a Christian, when you if you happen to make a goal or a resolution, you know, make these a long term, uh, an ongoing thing, such as prayer. If you decide to make a resolution 
and you know make your religious part in your life at the very top everything else will fall in order um, and if you look at resolutions with the government anytime the government makes a resolution it is a short term thing to get them through to another resolution to carry them on and all it is is something for a short-term money fix to get them through another little short-term vote to get more money. And that's all resolutions are as far as politics is concerned. Mr. Charlie. I think there's two things that we need to remember as Christians. Number one, take care of your family. That's, that's first and foremost. Number two, what does God want you to do with your finances and there's been times where you know i've seen pastors say you need to make a sacrificial gift very possible i, I won't rule that out god god can show himself very mighty in in something like that but the point i also want to bring out here is that even our wealthy people in our world and I'm going to speak more for the American wealthy people, but by and large, all across the world, they donate money as well. They might not donate to the causes that we think are important, but they know the importance of giving. And I think as Christians, we should understand that God may have a plan for what he blesses us with. Let's not screw it up. Yeah, the Amen. importance of giving for the wealthy is for taxes. That's well, not you know, sometimes, but not always. People, a lot of wealthy people. The, I look at Trust people me. like um, like Laterno was one. There's a yeah, bunch of yes. them who literally said, "My purpose." I mean, I appreciate Steve your 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 cynicism because it's true for most people. Yeah. But for a godly Christian, I think is what Charlie's trying yeah. to do. Because yeah. there's the world, like, and then there's the Christian. Right. Right. So, like Laterno said, my purpose was. I can't outgive God. So, so someone else said it exactly that way. Laterno said it a little bit differently, but basically he said, I keep giving money to God and he keeps giving money back to me. And I can't, it's like, I and give he it, could give do it that. that and is, he was given the opportunity. You talked about Tony Evans well, and he says, be a river, not a reservoir. Amen. Well, that's, Amen. That's, that's where I was saying in, in any of the resolutions that you make, you put God at the top. Yes. And your resolutions and all of the rest will fall into order. Yep. With that said, thank you for resolving to subscribe to Further <laughs> Every Day. We want to thank you for joining us. As always, like, comment, share, subscribe. All of that good stuff. Over 200,000 downloads of the audio. Thank you so much. We are on YouTube and Rumble, both increasing in subscribers and views. Thank you. We are honored by that. Uh, and if you didn't like this podcast, well, subscribe down there and then so you can hate watch it Put and uh, hit that in. hit that hit that thumbs down some multiple of two with that said we got anything else for you we love you goodbye bye bye, bye, -bye. make that all algorithm right. work all right last thing last thing last the thing. last thing the last thing the last thing. uh last what last is last. okay <laughs> what is your number one failed new year's resolution your number one failed it can be yours or someone else's okay it can be a funny one you see i've seen people done this and it's funny or you can say yeah i did that and uh, i feel bad what are we talking about this year or we're we talking about ever 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 Ooh. um 
Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say I'm gonna go for this year because I really I had some time off before. Yep. The new year, and so in my mind, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna have this plan and this plan and this plan and this plan." Uh, and then I didn't do it. And mm-hmm. so now here we are two weeks in and the, the desire is still to execute on those plans, but I haven't done them yet. So therefore it's, right now it's a dream. It's still a plan. It's a dream. Okay. <laughs> the plan is that a happens. dream. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I've got to say like when I used to make resolutions to work out, now I just go outside and work out. It's like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to work out. I just have to not be lazy. And so I go out and work out and I don't wait and for a news resolution. So that was like the most pitiful thing that ever happened to me. Cause I would, I was like set up, I'm going to do this many minutes a day. And then it's just like life gets in the way and it's kind of sad. It's kind of pathetic. I'm a woman. There's only one resolution every woman makes and very few keep. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> I'm not a woman. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. I understand what she just said. <laughs> at the new year always feels like oh i'm gonna lose weight and if oh, you're uh, a guy uh, trying to be a woman you have no clue however, what it is i will tell you Trust one me. thing i'm very pleased with myself is that in my early 40s i started uh an exercise class and i have been faithful with that for hmm, probably 16 years yeah, so that, oh, that's that, good. yeah steve <laughs> i failed at this from the time i first ever made it which was I can I don't even know how long ago it was, was to try to stay out of trouble. And I, <laughs> and yeah. I can't ever seem to do that. <laughs> that's just, that's delusional. Is that why the sheriff's it's car was down there? Man, yes. I just, I, I, Charlie, I don't know. Mr. Charlie, let's go. It's been a long time since I've made one. Um, and I mean, quite a while. I'm not, I'm not much of a resolution person. Mr. Rye Rye, you ever done one? Rye Rye, the producer guy, producing as always. Thank you. He's, oh. like, he's like, I don't make those. Those are stupid. He's only, he's only 20. He hasn't had a yeah. lot of time for... 20 going on 13. At least in the facial features. I've always tell him, you know, he has this very, very naturally youthful looking face. When we're both in our, you know, late, later years, I'll be gray and old and shriveled and he'll look like he's 40. So, Ryan's gonna. On me. Ryan has a, a goal this year to grow a beard. Look out. Yeah, okay. Let's get the trombolone out here. A, <laughs> steroids. Get him growing big muscles. With that said, tell us your favorite failed New Year's resolution down in the comment section down below. Uh, with that said, we got nothing else for you for real this time. We love it. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.